into the it's Monday the 10th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here and I'm joined by Shane Lee who absolutely spoiled his wife Lorraine yesterday on Mother's Day. Extraordinary stuff. Well done, Shane. Oh, thank you, Timmy. It was uh, my mother Helen Lee too. It was good good to speak to her. I, I didn't get to see her. I'm going to see her next weekend. She's down the south coast. But we did a lovely Mother's Day walk, mate, um, over at, around the um, around the bay in Belmain to raise some money for breast cancer. Mm. So that, that was good fun. Well, good on you, mate. All right, coming up on the show, all the latest in AFL with Corey McKernan and Jaslyn Hewitt-Ashbarty. Now, she fell at the final hurdle in Madrid, but she's still in good form. Shane, this Liz Cambage story is a huge story. Isn't she? A remarkable basketball player would be a real star for the Opals, and fingers crossed she's still going to go. But uh, she's been quite upset about some of the the promotional stuff, the photographs that have been taken of the athletes, and and in her eyes, there hasn't been enough representation of those of colour in these photos. What, what do you think? She's got quite aggressive in all of this. Um, I sort of sit in the middle. I, I can see what she's trying to say, um, but the way she has said it, um, it hasn't done her any favours. She's been very aggressive um, and Todd Woodbridge hasn't missed her at all. He's been very, very critical. Look, I can see what she's saying, but the way she sort of as you said, she's been quite aggressive the way she's come across. is not the right thing. She's really having a go saying all you, all you white guys wouldn't understand. And as she said, and I quote her, you know, it's been a total fuck up. So it's just disappointing. I think that the athletes who are going to go to these Olympics are already face enough adversity with COVID, with the disruption of their preparations. And it's just the timing of her saying this. She may think that the time is right because she's getting – People like us now talking about it, but uh, it's disappointing. She's a great, great basketballer, um, but the way she's gone about this is, I think, is quite disappointing. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's really important that it is uh, done properly and everyone is represented properly, but it's your manner sometimes and the way it is done because it's got a few uh, basketball coaches and other players that she's played with over over the time, a little upset as well. Anyway, I don't think it's a story that's going to go away in a hurry. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, we are going to talk tennis. Ash Barty got all the way to the final but she lost Jaslyn Hewitt his next Alright, tennis news and there's a stack about, we're not far from the French Open of course and uh, Ash Barty, Jaslyn Hewitt, she went so close uh, such, a, such a winning streak and then beaten in the final by Sabalanka Yes, yeah, so her 16-match winning streak came to an end this week uh, in the Madrid Open in the grand final. So, again, she's had a fantastic run and I think has definitely earned her place as number one. She's in a good good position, though, this week, uh, heading into the Rome and the Italian Open. Um, so it gives her another few matches before going into the French Open. Yeah, you must say she's in good form leading into the French, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if she stops dropping a few first sets and she started off a bit quicker out of the out of the gates. But um, you can see that the confidence that she's playing with, uh, uh, the variety of skills and slice and drop shot, and her creativeness out there on the on the court that it does help her on that on the clay courts and it should be really good for her moving on to the uh, grass in Wimbledon following that. But I think we're all looking forward to seeing how she can. Uh, 
go once she gets back onto the clay courts at Roland Garris, given she did miss it last year? We, I think we're all a bit surprised when Rafa lost on clay the other day, but it's a bit of a sign of the new gen, isn't it? The new gen taking over in men's tennis. Yeah, definitely. So you end up having uh, Alex Verev winning winning the uh, event in Madrid as well. And if you're looking back at the last uh, lot of Masters events on the ATP Tour, that next gen of players, Rublev, Titipas, Herzak, Sina, uh, Medvedev, they're all the big names that are coming through. So it is a transition of the times. Looking at uh, Nadal going down last week, uh, Federer, we're still waiting for him to come back in Geneva uh, next week before Roland Garros. And then Novak's run hasn't hasn't been so smooth either. either. So it's, it's definitely looking that that uh, change of the tide for tennis is happening in the men's game. How, how long's Roger actually been out for, Jazz? It seems like forever now. Yeah, it's coming up to about 18 months. So he, he did miss mm. the Australian Open. Um, he's had those knee, the knee surgeries um, and then now he's hoping to be back for Geneva next week. So I think it'll be great when he does hit the court. It's going to be interesting how long he stays stays around and especially uh, given that he has missed the clay a couple of times, I, yeah. I'm suspecting this may be his last hurrah in Roland Garros. I mean, the players love to peak for or Federer in particular uh, for Wimbledon and all the Grand Slams, mm. but it's it's just a bit odd that he's uh, making such an effort to come back for this Roland Garros in these uncertain times as well. So it, it does make me believe that he's uh, possibly at the end of his career, but what a career he has had as well. Mm. Yeah, there are a few false starts in there. It'd be good to see him back playing. Maybe the COVID layoff and the injury layoff might help him prolong it a little bit further now. Someone that played a lot against Roger Federer was your brother Leighton and uh, Hall of Famer. Yes, yeah, so he's uh, been uh, going to be inducted in the 2021 Hall of Fame, but unfortunately he can't get over there this year. So everyone else will be accepting their awards. Um, those are the original nine who was also uh, nominated and chosen to be inducted with Leighton, but Leighton um, with our uh, rules here in Australia is not going to be able to get over there. So he's uh, hoping to get over there in 2022 to uh, Rhode, uh, Rhode Island, Newport to actually accept the award. Jess, what, what does something like that mean to Leighton? Does, is he uh, the type of guy that sort of uh, appreciates that recognition or is he, is he doesn't really care about that sort of stuff? No, I mean, if you look at his whole career, it, those little things haven't actually meant a lot. I think it's now you look back on your, on your career and actually mm. the recognition and reward, it does mean a lot to him. I know the way that he values uh, the likes of Nuke and Rochi and those guys and the respect of tennis history. And I think yep. it's he takes it as such an honour to be uh, named with those guys. Um I think it's it's not something that you actually work for or work towards or that's your goal, but I think he definitely does uh, appreciate the recognition with yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's uh, fantastic from outside looking in. We we basically, from from our perspective as sports lovers, we watched Leighton grow up, didn't we? Watch him grow up, dominate the world, and now be a real mentor. So these things are, are much and richly deserved. What about his son, Cruz? Just a quick one. I know we don't want to put the cart uh, before the horse. What sort of talent has he got? Uh, he's, he's going quite well at the moment. So he did win the uh, Clay Court Nationals the other week. So he's he's just in the same same routine that any other junior is at the moment, that they can't go overseas and play. It would have been great to see him go over to Europe and play in the Tennis Europe events and start challenging himself against the best in the world. But um, I think the good thing here with a UTR rating in Australia that actually compares you to everyone around the world. So you can not necessarily play 
against people um, around the world, but you'll be knowing where their rating is and where they're sitting. So if you know roughly that if your rating's improving, you should be up against a certain level of uh, player and it's comparing yourself with that. So he's going all right. He's, uh, he's definitely competitive like his father um, and he, he does have that uh, drive to win and, and competitiveness that we, we all love in Australian sports. So. It's a Brilliant. long journey, though. Um, 2020 winner um, Sophia Cannon um, has split with her dad as coach for this year. Yes. Yeah, so this is big news on the uh, women's women's tour with Sophia Cannon. So she, she her dad's been the driving force with her for a long, mm. long time, and she's had the success with with him by her side. It is going to be interesting in Roland Garros with him not there. Um, he is he is a strong father figure, and. Um, it will be interesting to see how she handles the pressure, her life, uh, everything combined with that, with dad not not on the side and not travelling with her. So uh, it's something to watch out for. Parents do a lot of good things um, with their driving that force when they can play as a younger or any athlete. So is she ready to take the step on her own? You'd like to think so. She's in her early 20s, but yeah. uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting case to watch. All righty. Mother's Day, did Robin the boys treat you well? <laughs> yes, we got to go watch uh, the Sydney Kings yesterday. Always love going out and watching the basketball out there. Unfortunately, they went down to my uh, home side of Adelaide. So Adelaide 36 has got them this week, but we'll see what happens next weekend when they have a, another rematch. Yeah, a hot dog and a glass of Chardonnay. The basketball's <laughs> a lot of fun. All right, Jazzy, always great to chat. We'll, we'll tic-tac again in the next few days. Sounds good, guys. Have a Thanks, good one. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, all the latest in AFL with Corey McKernan. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. Oh, it's time for the centre bounce. AFL Corey McKernan, two-time premiership player with North Melbourne. What about the Demons? We're saying it every week. They are sitting high and proud on top of the ladder. Yeah, they certainly are. It's uh, Yeah, I think from what I've seen like with Melbourne and the way that they're going about it, it's just that there's a couple of things that seem like have been a little bit different to years gone by, like even just their ability to run with the ball and they'll take the game on it in key periods. And then, um, and then Tom McDonald up for what he does, at least mm. uh, when they're under, under pressure and you know what I mean? Like, and that's what happens in, in September at the MCG. If you can, if you've got someone you can kick it to down the line, that's where Tom McDonald now gives them something that Ben Brown, he never could. You know, I mean, Ben Brown's really good on the lead, but Tom McDonald is he, just fantastic at really taking those contested marks like he was on the weekend. Yeah, he kicked four goals, but Petrarca, once again, he is the real X factor in that team, isn't he? Yeah, I know, Shana. I reckon we, we should we should be nailed. And I said it a few weeks ago to a mate yep. of mine that doesn't mind a punt. I said uh, the Petrarca Melbourne top four finish would have been a good good double. Yeah. So yep. uh, <laughs> he's looming large. Look, Melbourne, Melbourne are getting to the point now that when you win, when you get off to such a great start, what have we got? We've got 15 rounds to go. They could literally win half their games and still finish in the top four. Yeah. Yep. So that, that's a great thing for Melbourne fans. And look, to be honest, I did see it on the weekend, even seeing the great Ron Barassi in the stands. It must, must have really cast his mind back 
like a bit of a time warp all of a sudden looking back to the – when that's what people out there that don't know. Melbourne at one stage between the late 50s and the early 60s won, won something like seven or eight flags in that period. So, you know, I mean, it, it, who would have thought that it would take, you know, I mean, such a long premiership drought yeah. that's, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're finally going to be up there and really with a big shot. Yeah. Absolutely, and it was Ron Barassi, of course, led the way through much of that um, success story of the late 50s and early 60s. What about uh, Collingwood, Nathan Buckley, a sigh of relief? Uh, with the, I mean, look, we expected them to beat North Melbourne, but you never know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they really, uh, other than doing what they really should. I, look, I, I think, look, I know Shane said it off air and about with North Melbourne and me potentially putting the boots back on again, which ain't happening. Um <laughs> But I, I would rather be North Melbourne than Collingwood at the moment because at least North Melbourne are probably seem like they're realistic to know where they're at. Um, mm. Yeah, it'd be great to get a win, but, you know, I mean, oh, look, I, I think by the end of the year, what, what people don't realise is North Melbourne will be debt-free. That was one of the things that used to frighten the crap out of North Melbourne people that if we really bottomed out, that it'd be really bad for us. Well, I already know that North Melbourne will be debt-free at the end of this year. We'll end up with number one in the mid-season draft. We'll get mm. number one again at the end of the year. But I like what David Noble's doing. They're, they're, they're still trying to play a particular way, which I can cop. You know what I mean? I, I just don't like that when you're bad and then you're playing a real negative brand of footy. I can see what they're trying to do. But, yeah, it'd be nice to get a win. <laughs> now, West Coast uh, taking down the Hawks 98-60. to 60. Um, The West Coast midfield, unbelievable. Gaff, Sheed and Kelly just dominated, but they lost Josh Kennedy uh, with injury, calf injury. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. Look, um, look, the Eagles, the more of these wins that they can get away from uh, Western Australia, the, you know, I mean, it's just going to hold them mm. in good stead. You'd like yep. to think if they can jag – Wins away from there, they are going to be every bit of every bit of a strong chance to make the top four. So, um, but losing Josh Kennedy, look, Darling was was fantastic. He'd been such an underrated player for a long time, but his contested marking on the weekend was brilliant. Look, when the Cats are purring, they just look like the Rolls-Royce of the competition. They have done for the last couple of years. They've got the Broadway acts right throughout their footy team. It's been a bit of inconsistency over the past couple of years that has seen them fall at the, the final hurdle, particularly last year. But they were so dominant the other night. I don't know if I should say Rolls-Royce, maybe Jaguar, but uh, they were good. Boy, they were good, Corey. Yeah, they were. But I oh, know, Tim, I'm sort of of the opinion it, it actually means nothing for Geelong at the moment. Um, you know, I mean, it's only May and beating Richmond where, where it's really going to matter when all the marbles are on the line. They've got to – they know at some point they're going to go back and face their demons and probably take on the Tigers at the MCG. And in September, that's the only time it's really going to count. Yeah, it was a good win, but you'd like to think the Tigers have got a really good record for teams. And it is funny when you look at it now that um, – the West, like there's been a few teams that have actually got a hold of them and I think they'll have long memories in terms of when they go back and play them in the in the back end of the year. Now, the game that I probably enjoyed the most from a, a, spe- a spectacle perspective was uh, GWS 107 versus Essendon 105, a real close one. Claims of a mark slash free kick towards the end there for Essendon. But once again, a very, very, very close, good game of football. Try and say that again, spectacle perspective. That's not easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it was it was another great game of footy. And 
Look, I know the Bombers have lost a couple of close ones over the last few weeks, but look, I think for the first time in a long, long time, there is going to be some genuine excitement. Now, the only thing Essendon supporters do seem like they, they are capable of getting in front of themselves. Um, but look, to have that amount of talent that they've actually got coming through, they've, they've actually got the building blocks of a very good team in the making at the moment, the bottoms, Bombers. But look, the, the Giants, look, oh, I think the Giants have done a great job as well. There was a lot of pressure on them probably about five, six weeks ago, and then they, they just seem to be accumulating wins at the moment. Just finally, back, back to Geelong just quickly, do you think this side should be winning premierships? Because you're only going to get a certain window, don't you? Well, Tim, they, they, they did give up the farm in terms of uh, mm. getting the players that they wanted to get in. So we might have even mentioned at the start of the season, the players that they did um, bring in, like Cameron, they gave up a number of draft picks to get him. Uh, there was a number of older type players that that it just reeked that they need, they feel like they need to get a premiership. It's premiership or bust for them. So, look, like I said, they've, they've just got to try and find a way to keep all their players out on the park when it comes to the pointy end of the season. All righty, Corey McKernan, it is always a pleasure. Any chance that they say everyone's got their price? Now, you and Shane were talking about boots. I'd like to see Shane get his spikes on and trundle a few um, outswingers for the uh, <laughs> IPL senior competition, which is about to start. Um, he, he and a few others are working on that. Would you ever come back? Uh, no. You know what? I actually like playing. I just don't like waking up sore. <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it? I just do that living these days. Shane, would you? What about this IPL seniors tour? Look, mate, um, preseason will be a lap around the SCG. That's about it. <laughs> uh, no, no, and there is no IPL seniors. We're making it up right here on Afternoon Sport. Corey McKenna, good to talk to you. No worries, boys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today to Corey McKernan and to Jaslyn Hewitt and our wonderful, wonderful sponsors. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our great producer, Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.